Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church podcast. Good morning, and welcome home. If you have any home. questions about CFA Amanda, Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Service. Enjoy the First, podcast. leave us a comment and let us know you are watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you have a prayer request, click on the prayer request button or send us a message. We want to agree in prayer that the Lord is going to do great things in your life this week. And lastly, you can give. Giving a line is incredibly simple. All you have to do is go to cfachurch.com slash give. You can give securely from your laptop or your phone. Now service is about to begin. Let us lean in and prepare our hearts as we learn to love Jesus and change the world. Finest and fastest audio and visual report from wherever the news happens. Join us for the earliest and most comprehensive news report. single woman with a vehicle in need of an oil change, or perhaps you know someone who is, make sure to sign up in the lobby for a free oil change from Fair Repair Auto Care in Concord, happening June 1st. Calling all students, the highlight of your summer is just around the corner. Summer camp is here. Be sure to get signed up in the lobby today as spots will fill quickly. But we are also looking for some world changers to pour into our students during these weeks. And you can get more information on that at the Family Life booth in the lobby today. If you're new to CFA or just want to learn more about who we are as a church, you can join us for our next CFA growth track. The CFA Growth Track is made up of four consecutive weekly experiences designed to help you take practical steps to grow personally and spiritually. Week one is Discover CFA. Week two is Discover Your Design. Week three is Discover Leadership. And week four is Discover Ministry. Come join us as we learn to love Jesus and change the world. That's all we have for you. To stay informed and encouraged this week, be sure to stay connected with us online. My name is Taylor, and this has been CFA Church News. We're defending our territory from the enemy that we're not going to wait for an attack to come to us. We are going on the attack.
church. Can we take just about 10 seconds and just lift up the sound of praise in this place? We have been set free. There is freedom in the house this morning. We declare your praise. Come on, high five one or two people as you're seated today. Good morning and welcome to church. Isn't it a great day to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Man, we just want to take a minute and say welcome home. If this is your first time joining us, we are so glad that you're here. If, if you would take just a moment uh, throughout the course of this service and fill out this VIP card. It's located in the seat back of the chair in front of you. And then after service, if you take this to the lobby and then all the way to the left, we have a team of people waiting to meet you, a gift for you there just to welcome you home. If this is your first time joining us online, we just wanted to say welcome home. Can we welcome our VIPs one time this morning? Hello everyone, welcome to our Becoming Your Mom support group. Uh, we have some visitors with us today, welcome to you. My name is Mark and I'm the group leader. And I think we'll start by reciting our mission statement. We love our moms, but we are not our moms. We love our moms, but we are not our moms. Carol, would you mind starting us off this week? Hi everyone, I'm Carol. Hi Carol. I'm the oldest of three roommates and I'm turning into my mom. I clean up everything after them. I've even started doing their laundry. I talk to myself in the grocery store all the time. All of my status updates are just pictures of kids. I don't even have kids. Same. Well, kids and recipes. The other day, I almost licked my finger and wiped the face of a total stranger. I keep saying words like garbage and tarjay. What is that? I'll send a text to someone just to let them know I sent them an email. Well, how else would they know? Right? I mean, these shoes were on sale. What am I supposed to do? Not buy them? I call my husband my son's name. And sometimes I call my son the dog's name. I always tell people, I'll be like two minutes, then it'll be like an hour. <laughs> whoa, whoa, take it easy there. Shannon already has a tissue. We really don't need to offer her one. I do. Did you see how they let the momness overtake them? So you may not be able to avoid becoming your mom, but the key is to let the beautiful things about moms shine through in your life. The kindness, the caring, the compassion, the qualities that God gave moms when he created them. Oh, like when I text my friends, LOL, lots of love. That's not what LOL means. That's what my son told me it meant. LOL, lots of love. What else would it mean? You know, I used to be an amazing dancer. Now when I dance, people just get embarrassed. Can I show you? Yeah, oh, no, Carol. Oh, Carol, sit oh, down. Oh, it's not bad. Carol, please. One, two. So today is a very special day at CFA Church. As the ushers prepare to receive the Lord's tithe and our offering, I would like to take a moment and just recognize the mothers who are in this room and those watching online. Since that first moment you held a child in your arms, you have given out of the goodness of your heart. Whether it was by the bedside at night as you were giving hugs and kisses to your little ones that you were tucking in the bed, or whether it was around the dinner table when you were giving words of wisdom when it was needed, or whether it was when the hard moments of life came and you gave a shoulder to cry on. Throughout your life, you have given of yourself, but the greatest gift that you ever gave us was the gift of your love. And this love has been demonstrated throughout your life every day, not just through your words, but through your acts, through your acts of kindness and your acts of generosity. So today here at CFA Church, we'd like to say thank you to our mothers. As you determine in your heart what to give today, I'd like to bring to your attention that it's no different. You know, as, as you give this morning, it's not just through words, but it's through the demonstration of that action that you demonstrate the very love that you have for God. Let us pray. God, we pray that your blessings would be upon the offering that is placed before you today. And we pray that your blessings would be upon both gift and giver. 
In your name we pray. Amen.
expectation because we know that there is healing here we know that there is deliverance here because our God is here and in his name we overcome so as the prayer team is stepping forward today we encourage you that no matter what situation or circumstance you may be facing to step out let us agree with you in prayer our God is here and he hears us so as we continue to worship would you come
shout of praise in this house. Hey, I don't know if you've noticed, but this, this thing is a battle. And, and also, not only is this thing a battle, but unfortunately, we are fighting an enemy who doesn't fight fair. I was on an airplane a couple of weeks ago, and one of the selections on the movie screen was, was Creed. And so, and so I had to watch Creed. And, and then, of course, if you watch Creed, you have to watch Creed 2. And then if you watch Creed 2, well, you have to do your historical research. So you have to go back and watch Rocky 4. And so, so if you're not familiar with the story, let me just... So Creed is Apollo's son. And in Rocky 4, the Russian Drago kills Apollo. And now in Creed 2, Creed's son... Creed is fighting Adonis Creed, Apollo Creed's son, is now, uh, he wants revenge against Drago's son. All right, so you have this second generation thing going on. Everybody caught up to speed, good. Just nod at me here. I'm going somewhere with this. And, and so, and so what, what happens is that Creed just jumps in the ring. He just jumps in the ring out of passion. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this guy down and he gets pummeled. He gets abs absolutely pummeled. Well, fast forward all the way to the end of the movie, spoiler alert, and I don't feel bad because it was a 2018 movie, so if you haven't seen the movie, too bad for you. So here's what happens at the end, at the end of Creed 2, at the end of Creed 2, shocker, but Creed defeats Drago. You say, you say, what was the difference? What was the difference? A couple things, but here's the thing that I noticed. In the second fight, he had, he had Rocky in his corner. He had Rocky in his corner. And here's what I've noticed sometimes is that when I'm fighting, it's not so much about my abilities, but who's in my corner. And here's what I want to be reminded of today, church, is that I don't know what the enemy is trying to throw at you. I don't know what situation is staring you at your face, but I want to remind you who's in your corner. I want to remind you that you got the Son of God in your corner. I want to remind you that you got the Mighty One in your corner. You got the Eternal One in your corner. You got Yahweh. You got the King of Kings. Come on, somebody I just want you to put both hands up to heaven right now. Father, I release your warring angels in the heavenlies that are already at work to fight on our behalf. God, I thank you that you are the eternal one. You are Yahweh. You are greater than cancer. You are greater than rebellion. You are greater than struggle. You are greater than every situation that we're facing. And God, I ask that you release fight on the behalf of your children this morning, now with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, I gotta ask this location, at all, this question at all of our locations today. Maybe the fight is great in your life because you haven't yet accepted Jesus. Maybe you're fighting against the wrong thing. Maybe you're actually find yourself today fighting against God, a God who loves you, a God who's trying to pursue you, a God who's trying to overwhelm you with grace and mercy. And maybe, maybe the thing that you're fighting today is that you're fighting against God's love. Can I encourage you? So if you're fighting the enemy, I want you to fight. If you're fighting God, I just want you to surrender. I want you to surrender to his love, surrender to his grace, surrender to his kindness, surrender to his second chances and hundredth chances and hundred thousandth chances. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed at every location, you would say, Pastor, I feel like I'm walking around, but I'm not awake. Like I'm going through the motions, but I'm not alive. And today I need the breath of Jesus Christ to come into my lungs so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. If that's you, if you 
need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we want to pray with you right where you're at and your life can change right now. Just as a point of contact, I'm going to count to three. I don't want you to hesitate. I want you to put up your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray with me right where I'm at? One, two, three. If that's you, just lift up your hand and say, I surrender to the love of God. I got you. Who else? Who else at all? Online, at every location, church family, let's surround those who are surrendering to Jesus in prayer. Let's all pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, I'm done fighting. I surrender. I surrender to you. Overtake me with your love. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and were resurrected on the third day. I ask forgiveness of my sin and I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life and change me forevermore. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, at every location, we do high five three people. Tell them God's in my corner. Come on, say it with a little swag. Say God's in my corner. If you would turn in your copy of God's Word to 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1 Samuel chapter 1, I want to uh, I want to dive into a brand new series, a brand new series called Vintage Faith. Vintage Faith. I don't know if you've noticed this, but among the uh, emerging generations, among the younger generations, and so uh, you can define emerging and younger with whatever age it, you are comfortable with. Here's what I know in my life, that age keeps rising. And so when I talk about the younger generation, I'm not just talking about 20s anymore. I'm talking about, I want to include myself in that. So we're just going to keep bumping up decades. And, and so, but here's what, have you noticed this? Have you noticed an affinity for from the younger generation towards things vintage? Have you noticed this, 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 this cycling back uh, to, to some of the things that the grandparents are like, yeah, y'all think that's hip and <laughs> you're making a bunch of money. That was called survival when I was, come on, grandparents, are you, are you with me? Like, that's just what you did. Like, but there's this, there's this reacclimation towards like knitting and sewing and, and crochet. There's this uh, gardening and, and growing your own vegetables and that sort of thing. There's even baby names. Have you noticed baby names? So some of the retro older baby you've got Arthur and Walter and Adelaide and Theodore and Henry and, and and these these vintage names that are coming back and then you have shows you have shows like American Pickers if you would have told me 10 years ago that a show about two middle-aged white dudes traveling around in a van pulling junk out of a barn would be interesting. I would have told you you're crazy. And now I can't stop watching. Why? Because there's something, there's something about, about going back. And, and here's what I want you to see. They're not just finding stuff, they're finding stories. It's not just they're pulling a fender of a, a arrested fender of a Harley Davidson out of a barn. It's this is the fender that my great grandfather uh, rode on this motorcycle to my great grandmother's house when he proposed after the war. Like it's the, it's the story, it's the story. And so here's the whole uh, premise of kind of this series is that emerging generation, I think that there is an affinity within all of us that we have this heart connection to the previous generation. And can I tell you, can I tell you that that is one of the areas that the enemy will always battle is connection between generations. He will. He'll, all, he'll always battle that because he knows the power when faith is transferred from the grandparents to the grandchildren, from the parents to the children. Uh, the Bible says that Malachi says that the last book, if, Thank if you so the much hearts for joining of the fathers us. Here at are CFA not Church, turned to the hearts of the children and the hearts of the children are not turned to the hearts of the fathers, then there will be a curse on the land. How many of you understand that in our families, we are seeing sometimes a curse because there has been a lack of connection in the generations. 
generations in church services, to divide generations in families, to divide generations in all kinds of, of, of things. And so, uh, but, and, and here's another thing that I just want to remind, I want to remind the emerging generation, what a shame if we, if we uh, got their stuff but missed, their, but missed the story. What a shame if we got their characteristics but missed their character. See, this is not, this is not just that you get your uh, great-grandparents' uh, kitchen table. This is about you reaching back and saying, what was it about a generation that made them great? Genesis 26 says this. It's kind of going to be our, our theme verse. I don't know that we'll read it every, every week, but this kind of serves as, serves as a theme verse for this series. And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham. And my assignment during this series is con to connect the spirits and to connect the hearts of a generation. I want, want you to watch this brief video. So, about my grandmother, I respect um, her persistent faith. She's had a lot of trials and difficulties in her life that she's had to overcome. And through all of those trials and, and all of the ups and downs of life, she has persistently remained steady in her faith and in her beliefs, and always acknowledging that God has been in control of her life and with her. So. I admire her persistent faith. Me gustaría, antes de que yo muriera, que todos mis nietos que todavía andan sueltos y no conocen al Señor, vinieran al Señor. Ese es mi, mi mayor deseo. Espero que Dios me lo conceda y mis nietos reconozcan algún día que tienen que buscar a Dios. Dios los bendiga a todos. So how many of you that would be among the emerging generations say that there are qualities or characteristics or something about the spirit of your parents, your grandparents, or your great-grandparents. They're like, I admire that and I want that in my life. Come on, wave, wave at me. How many of you among the established generation would echo the heart of this grandmother and say, there is nothing I want more in my life than before I go to be with Jesus than to see every single one of my children and grandchildren passionately serving the Lord. Do you, see, do you see that? Do you see that? Do you feel that? Do you feel the desire for hearts to connect? Do you feel the desire for spirits to connect? And now can you see why the enemy would spend so much time trying to divide that line and to break those connections? I wanna, wanna talk today on this Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day out there to all of the moms. And in 1 Samuel, I want to talk about vintage faith and this life of, of courage, and especially being a woman of courage, being a woman of courage. So 1 Samuel chapter 1. And there was a man named Elkanah, and Elkanah had two wives. So you think you've got challenges in your house. <laughs> throw that out there. Hannah and Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah did not. And each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord. And on the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle and each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. So here was a day that was supposed to be a day of worship. It was supposed to be a day of thanksgiving. It was supposed to be a day of celebration and it ended up being a day of pain. 
And I just want to take a moment and acknowledge the women of God that are in the house today that may desire children, but you don't have them yet, that may have lost a child, that may not have a child serving the Lord. Maybe you lost a mother or don't have a good current connection with your mom. And I understand, just know this, your pastor doesn't have answers for you, but we come together and we still, we still worship because I understand that sometimes it's the days that are supposed to be the greatest days of celebration that can also be the days of greatest pain. And then did you notice something? I want you to notice this. The taunting got worse when Hannah was on her way to church. Do you know that sometimes the enemy will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to keep you out of the house of God? What it, he'll do whatever it takes. If you notice, rare, maybe rare week, but the kids have gotten along all week until Sunday morning. Your husband has obeyed you for three days in a row until Sunday morning when he doesn't want to wear what the thing that you put out for him to wear. Like sometimes it seems like flat tire. Are you kidding me? This couldn't happen on Saturday. It happens on Sunday. How many of you know the devil will fight to keep you out of God's house? Because he knows that's where your answer is. He knows that's where the joy is. He knows. And I want to I wanna cheer somebody on that got themselves out of bed this morning. And you thought, I don't feel like it. Uh, uh, the enemy's beating me up. The enemy's after me. But you are here in the house of God. Come on. Somebody give God praise for somebody that's in the house that's fighting through some pain today. And then there was this area. Did you notice the, the taunting? Like there's, there's attacks and then there's taunting. Here's what taunting is. Taunting is when the enemy takes your area of lack and combines it with comparison to somebody who has what you lack. Here's what I've found in my life very recently, all too painfully, that sometimes I'm only one click away from a miserable day. I'm only one click because here's, here's what happens sometimes. See, here's the thing about the enemy. The enemy will work in a couple ways in our lives. He'll work with lies. Like he'll try to tell you things about yourself that aren't even true. But then he'll, he'll begin to point out your lack. And here's the thing about lack is that it is kind of true. And many of you have an area in your life that I wish I had more whatever. I wish I had more charisma. I wish I had more leadership ability. I wish I had more faith. I wish I had more. And what the enemy will do is he, is he will point that out. And then, and then all it takes is one little click on Facebook or Instagram and, to, and scroll one time. And he will point out that there is somebody else in your circle of close friends who has the very thing that you lack. So you have lack plus comparison, and that begins this cycle of taunting where the enemy will just work you over. I think, here's what, if I could uh, humbly suggest to Facebook, I think Facebook ought to have a button that's kind of a like button, but it's like a Christian-like button that you don't really mean it, but you gotta like it because you're their friend, but so you're like, I'm a Christian, and so I gotta be happy for your success, but I'm not really happy, I'm kinda jealous, Oh, come on, don't be looking at your pastor like that. Like there's that, there's like and then there's fake like because I like it because I'm supposed to like it. But by liking it, it points out my lack. And what happens is I think the enemy is so at work taunting us. He's taunting us. I, I, I'm sorry on Mother's Day weekend. I'm sorry for bringing in the NFL to Mother's Day weekend, but I just, I couldn't think of a better example. Here's, here's what happens. Have you ever, have you seen, and the NFL's kind of trying to crack down on this, taunting, taunting. And so what happens is there will be a, the referee will throw a flag and it's a 15 yard penalty for taunting. And so it plays out like this. Linebacker comes up, just lights into the, lights up the running back, puts him on his back, clean tackle, uh, no helmet to helmet contact. He had his head up, followed through a good tackle. I know good tackles, form tackles are rare in the NFL, but just pr pretend like that was a good tackle. And then, but then here's what happens. Like the linebacker will stand over the running back for like three seconds. That's called, you know, you know like the devil does to you? It's not just like the devil knocks you over your feet and the devil will stand over you and start to taunt you and be like, yeah, you don't have enough faith. 
You don't have enough. I see the lack of, uh, lack of joy in your life. I see the lack of finances. I see the lack of resource. And, and, and so here's what will happen. It's like, it's like it's a, it's, and then they'll like kick him a little bit. You know, the linebacker will kind of kick and, and practice like he's not even kicking. He'll start to walk away. But here's where the running back will get in trouble. The running back will get into trouble if he lets his emotions overtake him in that moment and jump up and walk back and shove the linebacker because usually what happens at that point is the referee didn't see the first thing, but he saw the second thing and he'll throw the flag and who gets the penalty? Who gets the penalty? It was the one who had been taunted. Can I tell you that's exactly what the enemy wants to do in your life? The enemy wants to knock you off your feet. He wants to taunt you and then he wants to get you up and get your eyes on the wrong enemy and start to react in anger and start to react in jealousy and start to react in envy and start to react. And what happens in our lives is when we take on bitterness and we take on envy and we take on jealousy, the enemy doesn't get punished we do we get up from being hit and we actually get set back but here's the great news for us today God is a really 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 good referee and he sees everything he sees how the enemy is messing with you. He sees the person in your life, even the good person in your life that the enemy is using to mess with you. He sees it. He sees it. And if you will allow retaliation to be in the hands of the Lord, the Lord will actually work the taunting in your favor. Because in a good situation, here's what happens. Linebacker hits the running back, stands over him, taunts him, gives him a little kick, and the referee throws the fat flag and guess what happens the offense gets 15 more yards and moves down the field here's what I see happening in your life is that the is that the Lord will actually use the very area the very area that the enemy is taunting you in in the area of lack that you are experiencing and how you're comparing yourself to somebody else and you feeling and you and it's feelings of inadequacy and it's feelings of guilt and it's feelings of shame the Lord will actually use that to propel you down the field at an even greater rate. And here's what you got to say. Here's what you got to tell the enemy. You got to just keep your eyes on the goal line. Come on. Don't look at the person who's messing with you. Don't even look at the enemy. Say things like this. I got a destiny. I got a purpose. I got a goal line. I'm moving forward. I'm not stopping. I'll take those 15 yards and I'll run that same play down your throat again, enemy. I'm going to 6 a.m. prayer even though I haven't seen my answer. I'm going to get up. You see what Hannah did? Hannah kept pressing in. I know I got taunting on me. I know people are coming after me. I know my, I know my husband is, is a challenge in this situation, but she just, I love the courage of Hannah that she is a woman of God that has more fight in her than she realized, and she keeps pressing on, going to the tabernacle, praying, doing the things of God, even when she doesn't see the answer. Come on, every woman of God, give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house today. Taunting, taunting, taunting. And then verse, verse 8, here comes, here comes the husband. Here he comes. Here, here comes to the rescue. Verse 8, why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask, why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. <laughs> Isn't that better than having 10 sons? You have me. Elkanah responds with the most man thing that has been said in the history of ever. <laughs> Ladies, on behalf of every guy, I would like to apologize. No, you know what, guys? I'm not letting you off the hook that easy. Every man in the room, I want you, you say, I'm not sitting with a woman. No, you find a lady, right? You find a woman of God right now. And I want you to look at her and say, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, just tell her. Just tell her. You say, somebody back there is like, what for, pastor? Well, that's the problem right there. You should know. <laughs> Guys, let me help you. When you don't have the answer, 
and then go back and listen to Ted's message from last Sunday. That's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you here. And then it goes on, it goes on. Once after a sacrificial meal in Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. And Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. And Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer. And give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying this to the Lord, Eli watched her and seeing that her lips moved, but hearing no sound, he thought that she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded, throw away your wine. I wonder if anybody has ever experienced somebody else misinterpreting your passion for Jesus. I wonder if anybody else has, has thought your passion. I wonder if anybody has tried to pull back your passion. Hey, I don't mind you worshiping, but just don't worship. So, just don't raise your hands so much. Just don't sing so loud. Could you not pray an hour and a half? Could we, could we, can I just tell somebody in the house today, keep going with your passion. Even if other people think you're a little bit crazy, keep going with your passion. Keep pressing in. Keep doing what the Lord has called you to do. There is, I want to tell somebody that there's power in your passion. There is power in your passion. Passion. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. Oh, in that case, Eli said, go in peace. And may the Lord of Israel grant the request that you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. And she went, watch this, she went back and began to eat again. And she was no longer sad because sometimes prayer will change your countenance before it changes your circumstance. And sometimes you walk out of your prayer closet in the morning and you may not have a son the next day, but your heart has been changed. You may not have the answer that you've been looking for, but your spirit is lifted. The finances may not be in your bank account yet, but there's a new determination to keep seeking the Lord. The, the answer may not be in front of you. And so that's what prayer is about changing our heart and our spirit and our countenance and our outlook and our level of joy and our level of peace as much as it is about changing our circumstances because when I've, I have found that when my heart gets in the right place, sometimes the circumstances will follow that. Can you say amen to that today? Let me give you two things. Jot these down. I love the courage of Hannah. I love the courage of Hannah to pray bold, audacious prayers to the Lord. Women of God, can I release you and can I encourage you that the prayer that you are praying and currently asking God for is not too big. In fact, I want to say go ahead and increase it. Go ahead and step it up. Women of God, I release you to pray prayers that are so crazy big that if somebody overheard, you're going to have to pray those prayers like Hannah prayed them. You're going to have to pray them silent because if somebody walked in and heard you praying and pouring out your heart to God in the area of lack in your life where you are crying out to God, they would think that you're crazier than you already are. Women, I release you to pray like crazy, huge, prophetic, world-changing, family-changing prayers to Almighty God. Every daughter, every teenage girl, every single adult woman, every mom, every grandmother, pray these kind of bold Hannah prayers. And I was in the UK uh, uh, 15 years ago on, on one of the weekends when I got a break from one of my, uh, uh, from my studies, we went up, the, the people that I, was, that I was studying with, they took me up to Epworth, which was the home of John Wesley. John Wesley was one of the greatest revival preachers, the founder of Methodism, uh, his brother Charles Wesley, one of the great hymn writers, one of the great psalmists, and uh, the boys were, were just absolute world changers. And I went up to, got a chance to, to go up to Wesley's boyhood home there at Epworth. And one of the, the items, one of these vintage items um, 
that I, I think was probably my favorite in the house is Susanna Wesley, who Susanna herself was the youngest of 25 children. And then Susanna Wesley had 19 children, 10 of whom survived uh, childbirth. Uh, so so she, had, she had a lot of kids. And Susanna Wesley had in her room, it was a, it was a chair, and there was kind of a, a bench across the chair, and she would lift up the chair, and she would kneel down at the chair, and she would take her apron and put it over her head. You say, that sounds good. If I had ten, nine, ten children, I'd do, the, I'd do the same thing, Pastor. And here's what Susanna Wesley, Susanna Wesley taught her children the word of God. She educated, she homeschooled. She's like, you know, just a rock, rock star mom. But here's what I love about Susanna Wesley is she would teach her children. If mama is in her room, kneeling at my chair, praying to the Lord Almighty with my apron over my head, don't you dare come in and bother mama. And you, moms, you can use this. Moms, I want to I wanna free you that even when the children are going crazy, you can go in your room and have that time of prayer and teach them, don't you come in here and, and, and bother mama during my time of prayer because then you're going to need prayer. And it's probably... It's probably you're the reason why I'm in this room and you have driven your mother to your knees. So you go out and, and you entertain yourself without a screen for about 30 minutes. And I'm going to be in here seeking God. One of the things that I remember about my mom is every morning when, when my brother and I would be home, you know, she'd do it when we were at school. But when I was home, there would be a time in the morning when my mom would go in and shut her door. And that was her time with the Lord. Mom, your prayer legacy is greater than you know. Let your children catch you praying these bold prayers, these audacious prayers. And then, and then I love that, that uh, Hannah, Hannah had the courage not only to pray bold prayers, Han Hannah had the courage to let go. Moms, I think that two of the greatest things that you can do for your children are pray for them and give them back to the Lord. And I, like, I, know, I mean, I don't know, but I kind of know, like I know the father side of it and I think the mother side of it is probably even stronger. I know the instincts to protect. I know the instincts to hold on. I know, I know the inner Beverly Goldberg that will try to rise up within you and smother a little bit. Like I, I, under, I understand these things and I understand that it's hard to let go. It's hard to pack their lunch and send them off to their first day of kindergarten. It's hard that first time when you let them spend the night at a friend's house. I know, I know, Mama, it's hard to drop them off at the airport when they go on that first missions trip. I know it's hard to watch them walk across an aisle and receive a diploma or down the aisle to receive a spouse. I know it's hard to see the car door close and then drive off to college, but prayer is in you. And believe it or not, moms, letting go is in you too. Letting go is in you. Psalm 127 says it like this. It says, children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. And here's the thing about an arrow. For an arrow to reach its potential and its destiny, it has to be let go. You can't have a 44-year-old arrow in your quiver. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You gotta, so we hold, watch this, watch this. You hold on in prayer, but you let go with your children because you're not releasing them out of your hands. You're releasing them into God's hands and God's hands are a better place for your kids to be than in your hands. Come on, can I get an amen for that? got to let go. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son and she named him Samuel. For she said, I asked the Lord for him. And the next year, Elkanah and his family went, over, went on to their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah didn't go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned. Then I'll take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now and may the Lord help you keep your promise. 
So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. And when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. And they brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. And after sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, you remember me? Hannah asked. I'm the very woman. See, moms, I see you walking up to your prayer partner, the person that agreed with you in prayer. Hey, do you remember? Do you remember when I came to you with my lack? Now I'm coming to you with my praise report. I'm the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord, and I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he's granted my request, and now I'm giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. Moms, would you just silently pray that prayer again? I know you've prayed it like a million times, but would you just pray that prayer again? I give my children to the Lord and they will belong to the Lord their whole life. I give you my son. I give you my granddaughter. I give them to you. Single ladies or, or, or women without children, yet pray that prayer like it's, like it's a prophecy in your life. I will give my children to the Lord and they will belong to the Lord their whole lives. And they worshiped the Lord there. Before we close, I want to read this over every woman of God in the house today. We, we prayed as a staff and we asked, we asked the Lord to give us a word for this service. And, and I believe that the Lord had responded. And what I would encourage you to do if you have your, your phone is to, to get it out and to take a screenshot. It's gonna come up behind me. And I just want you, because I, I, think, I think the Lord's gonna minister to you in the moment, but I think, that, I think that maybe over a cup of coffee this week, you're gonna read this and the Holy Spirit's gonna take you on a little bit deeper, deeper dive. But every, every woman of God, I wanna read this over to you as a word from the Lord. And, and this is, the image here, that you feel frayed and frazzled. You feel scattered in a thousand directions and like you're not giving it your best in any one area. The picture that the Lord gave us was a rope that was frayed on, on both ends. And I think that that represents, ladies, that there are some of you that feel frayed and frazzled in your spiritual life and you feel frayed and frazzled in like every, everything else, family and job and career and school and activities, and, and you feel frayed on both ends. And here's what I believe the Lord would say to you today. The Lord would say this, calm yourselves before me. The answer is not found in more activity, but in rest. As the master rope maker, only I can weave you back together. Here's what I want you to notice, that even though this rope is frayed, is there anything on the end of this rope that has been lost? Is there anything? There isn't, is it? I mean, the position is different, but everything, the essence of this rope is still good. And can I tell you today, nothing has been lost. It's just been frayed. Nothing has been lost. It's just been frazzled. And the Lord would say, rest in me and I will weave back together the broken pieces of your soul. You will be strong. You will have courage. So Father, I just bless every woman of God and the house with these words. I bless you to be the God of rest in their lives this week. I bless, I bless you, Lord, to put them back together, the frayed areas and the frazzled areas, that they are strong, that they are courageous. And I see the spirit of Hannah rising within them to pray for the next generation and to release them back to you in Jesus name. Every woman of God, if you receive that, can you just give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Thank you again for watching CFA Church Online. If you made the first time decision to become wide awake and fully alive, please click on the tab or send us a message. We want to walk alongside you as you take the next steps in this journey. And if you've never been to one of our CFA Church campuses yet, next week is the perfect opportunity to do so. All you have to do is go to cfachurch.com and you can plan out your visit. We can't wait to see you next week as we continue to love Jesus and change the world.